Good morning from a very snowy New York. It's Thursday, December 17th. I'm Shamita Basu. And I'm Duarte Geraldino with my sweater on. This is Apple News Today. Each morning, hear about some of the most fascinating stories in the news and how the world's best journalists are covering them. Today, we're expecting an FDA advisory panel to recommend the U.S. government issue an emergency authorization for Moderna's coronavirus vaccine. Now, a second vaccine would be welcome news, with the coronavirus spreading fast. California just set a national record for cases. But big questions still loom over how to distribute vaccines fairly. And California is at the center of an interesting debate. We talked a lot on this show about who gets vaccinated first, healthcare workers, people who are elderly or vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And you may agree, folks like teachers and grocery workers should be next in line. But when it comes to the rest of us, what's fair? California is committed to equitably distributing the vaccine. And in this case, that word equitable does not mean everyone gets the vaccine at the same time. For example, the state is promising to vaccinate hospital health care workers in low-income areas before those in wealthier areas. It's also set up an advisory committee to work with community organizations to design a so-called equitable distribution plan. But as California is finding out, ranking people based on their infection risk is not easy. NPR reports some community groups want the state to consider historical injustices. For example, give the vaccine to indigenous populations first, because in the past they've suffered from diseases like smallpox. Now, critics of this idea say affirmative action doesn't have a place in public health. They warn that California could face a flurry of lawsuits. Instead, they're saying we should use factors like poverty, housing density or access to education to determine what's fair. Then there are the migrant laborers and Central Valley farm workers. Labor activist Dolores Huerta calls them the invisible workforce. These are people who live in crowded conditions, and there's no work-from-home option for them. They're essential to keeping California's economy up and running. And often, if you're able to get fruits and veggies, it's because they are in the fields picking them. So should they get vaccine priority? Or how about people in prisons? The Guardian notes that this has been one of the worst-hit populations in California. Since March, 30,000 people who are incarcerated in the state have been infected with COVID, and more than 100 have died. The virus has also hit prison staff very hard. One advocate told The Guardian if the state is committed to holding these people captive, they should also be held accountable for their health. It's not just California trying to figure this out. Lots of states are going to confront questions of who gets put where in the vaccine line. 18 states say they'll use the CDC's recommended Social Vulnerability Index to decide. It looks at socioeconomic measures to determine who's most at risk. But none of this is going to be easy. And how states ultimately decide who gets prioritized may end up feeling like our government is also making a statement about which of our lives matters more. Pharmacists around the country were among the first ones to notice. Many of the vials used to hold Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine have as much as two extra doses. As Politico reports this week, medical professionals tossed out hundreds of these extra doses because they didn't want to violate the FDA's rules. Now federal authorities are rushing to update their guidance. Some vials meant to hold five doses are being found with enough vaccine for six or even seven treatments. 
Now, Political reports, pharmaceutical companies often fill vials with a little bit extra to account for possible spills. So this is not outside the norm. But given how critical it is to get everyone vaccinated, there's a lot of pressure to avoid waste. Yesterday, the FDA announced pharmacists should use those extra doses. Politico estimates that these could expand the supply by as much as 40 percent. And as state and local officials race to get frontline workers vaccinated, every single shot counts. Once at a climate conference in Moscow, Vladimir Putin told the crowd global warming might not be a bad thing for Russia. With a few more degrees, Russians, quote, could spend less on fur coats and the grain harvest would go up. You know, he was sort of right. While climate change could devastate huge areas of our world, Russia stands to benefit from a warming planet. That's according to Abram Lusgarten. He's been working with ProPublica and The New York Times for two years on a series of deeply reported pieces on where climate change is taking us. And in his latest article, he asks who will benefit from a warming planet. He says as optimal conditions for human life start to creep out toward the poles, Power may shift to northern nations like Canada, Norway, Iceland, but especially Russia. The fact is, Russia has the largest land mass of any country. And as the Earth gets warmer, Russia's land is becoming more suitable for growing. For centuries, most of the land in eastern Russia was impossible to farm. The soil was just too cold. But a transformation is happening slowly. Already, spring is coming earlier in this part of Russia... So while crop yields are expected to drop in the United States and other countries, Russia's yields are expected to increase. And Russia has been explicit about its plans to use climate change to its advantage. The country's National Climate Action Plan, published this year, acknowledged extended growing seasons are a boon to the country. A few years ago, Putin imposed sanctions on European imports, which sounds counterintuitive like it would hurt Russia, but it was intentional— he wanted to encourage domestic food production. And according to Lusgarten's reporting, that move worked. Over the past five years, Russia's wheat exports have gone up by 100 percent to about 44 million tons. That's more than the United States and Europe. Putin said last fall Russia was exporting more agricultural products than weapons. This article makes the case, as our planet warms and it becomes more difficult to grow food, Countries with lots of land and ideal growing conditions will hold far greater influence on the global stage. This week, our colleague was telling us how she and her family went Christmas tree shopping, and it was just a big fail. <laughs> the tree farm was nearly sold out. The only things left were these oversized Christmas rejects. The funny-looking ones, you know, the ones you can barely call trees. They're more Aww. like a holiday bush, Shamita. <laughs> <laughs> and apparently this is happening all over the country right now. Amanda Mull writes about it for The Atlantic, and this is signature Amanda Mull. She takes something that we all sort of vaguely know to be true, and she captures it in this really concrete way. In this case, trees are selling out, and tree farmers seem to be caught off guard. Like a lot of businesses this year, Christmas tree sellers thought there might be a slowdown. One seller tells The Atlantic they were preparing for the worst, that they might have to shut down this year completely. But with just a week to go until Christmas, 
Some sellers told The Atlantic they're closing for an entirely different reason. They're completely sold out. And here's one possible explanation. Unlike past years, families are not getting together this year. So instead of one family getting together and having a large, beautiful Christmas tree in one home, now it's just a lot of small gatherings, which means more trees. We saw something similar at Thanksgiving, with a lot more people looking to buy a lot of small turkeys. Another reason, people just want something to celebrate, you know, to look forward to. Because even if you do end up with a Charlie Brown Christmas tree, decorating that tree, throwing up ornaments and lights, it it makes me smile. Maybe you'll smile too as we close out the year. You can find all these stories and more in the Apple News app. And while you're there, check out some of our audio stories. We'll talk with you again tomorrow. 